Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and we have had a busy day today. We're actually on location shooting for our spring summer tubes campaign and I gotta tell you it's looking absolutely amazing. It's been like in the works for so long. It's like top secret stuff but we can tell you it's got a bit of a Moroccan vibe to it so it's super different to anything that we've done before and I feel like better than anything we've ever done before so that'll be dropping in September. So enough about us, let's get to the main event. Today's interview is with Shannon Martinez. Uh, She is the head chef and co-founder of The Phenomenon that is Smith & Daughters, one of Melbourne's best restaurants that also happens to be vegan, as well as co-founder of Smith & Deli and the author of two cookbooks. Smith & Daughters was actually named the third best vegan restaurant in the world earlier this year by Big 7 Travel. It is the best. Shannon is actually like an absolute magician. She's become totally famous for leading the way of this new kind of vegan food that literally tastes absolutely nothing like vegan food. Like at her restaurant before, I've had chicken schnitzel. I had this amazing pasta with meatballs. I've been told that their tiramisu is absolutely to die for. And all of this food, none of it tastes vegan and it just tastes absolutely delicious. Mm, So are you hungry yet? You will be. Today, we chatted to Shannon about how she's built one of the hardest restaurants to get into in Melbourne. I'm serious. You should probably go make a booking right now before you listen. And she's just completely revolutionized the vegan food movement. We also chatted about the inclusive culture that she's building in her restaurants, which is just so awesome. And Shannon even dished on what it was like to cook for Billie Eilish and her family. Oh my God, I just died at that part. So stick around to the end to hear the powerhouse guests that we're having on next week. And don't forget to take a little snap of yourself listening and tag us on Insta at How To Live. Here is Shannon. So when you walked in here, you were like, don't say to me why you're vegan because like obviously we've done the research and we know you are not mm-hmm. vegan. Talk to us about that. Okay. Are we started? Are yeah. We started? This is what starting <clears throat> looks like. Oh, good. Okay. Um, see if we want to talk about why I'm not vegan or why I'm vegan. Well, just, just, we like, just found it interesting because I think what, what Jess pointed out, which is so funny because we were like, whoa, Shannon's not vegan. What? Mm-hmm. And then Jess was like, hang on. We have a vegan shoe label. We're not vegan. And we were like, oh. Yeah. We totally get it. Of course. Like, I mean, um, vegans are people also, you know? <laughs> yeah. And no one was looking after them, do you know? And then probably about 15 years ago, I was working in a pub and I was actually working the bar at the time and then the chef at the pub went to the bank and never came back. So it was a Friday night and we were super busy and I hadn't at that stage let them know that I could cook because I didn't want to go in the kitchen and generally bars and front of house is a lot easier to staff than kitchens so once they know that you can cook you kind of get slotted into a kitchen and then that's that's where you live do you know Mm. um but they were desperate so i told them i could cook and that i went in there that night and never came out of course um and that was the first time really that people were asking for vegan food quite a lot and it was the east brunswick club so it was like a band venue the crowd was kind of younger uh before that i mean even even i mean for everyone you think 2000 and before even 2005 and before vegetarian sure vegan not yeah. so much do you people know? didn't even know what it means nah and it wasn't what vegan is now that's yeah. for sure and north side in melbourne is really like where it was born in melbourne like the way it is now the way it's yeah. shaped now for sure you yeah. know before that i think the only thing i knew about veganism was like Hare krishnas yeah. yeah you know and like the payers you feel sort of places in the city like the gopals those sort of things where you chuck in a five dollar donation and you get some lentils and yeah, stuff lentils that, totally. yeah lentils yeah that sort of thing yeah so you feel you think like earthy hemp, hippie, hippie exactly. patchouli dreadlocks you yeah. know all that sort of stuff which is you couldn't be more opposite to that now really um but and same with allergies too like fuck everyone yeah, yeah everything now do you mm. know like you're hard pressed to find someone who says they can eat everything yeah Yeah. can Um, you eat everything yeah 
Can you? Yeah. So I choose not to eat baby corn because it's disgusting. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your one that's thing. One that's thing. funny. I actually started eating baby corn like about three years ago. Did you? But like I totally feel it's not oh, that nice. Why eat it when it's so good when it's big? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I've had that. Just like in a stir fry sometimes I'll chuck it in just just because. Yeah, like, just because? Just, um, just for a veg? Well, and corn <laughs> is like so fun because you can eat it like in rows. But like eating a baby corn like that. It's, it's just pointless. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit. So are you ever like, um, I don't know, because like we obviously started our shoe label not being vegan, but like it's definitely like opened us up to this like whole world and community. I mean, we are animal friendly in everything yep. that we do. We don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just like not that, not gone that extra mile. Has it like opened you up to this community and you're like, are you ever tempted? Or like, you're just like, no, nah, I'm not, that's, I'm not that way inclined. Um, I think like most people now I eat far less meat than I used to for sure do you know and that's got a lot to do with working in the restaurants all the time so I eat what's around me but we don't have dairy either at the deli so um I started drinking my coffee first I started going with almond milk and then this new incredible oat milk came out called Mm. Oatly which is like incredible right yeah so now I'm like I'm having dairy right now because that's what's in your fridge but like at home now I'll just have Oatly so it's just those gradual things you know where I used to eat meat every day I probably eat meat like twice a week now yeah Um, but I think most people are like that you know and majority of our customers at both the restaurant and the deli uh, are meat eaters, uh, you know, because everyone's just reducing consumption now because we know that it's not good for you, it's not good for the environment. Mm. Um, we don't need it anymore. So I think gone are the days where breakfast, lunch and dinner had to contain meat, otherwise it wasn't a complete meal. Totally. That way of thinking's gone. Even for your, like, tradie, blokey guys, all the, all all people from all over are changing the way they eat, you know? Yeah, well, it's actually really funny. Um, I had a friend who had eaten at Smith & Daughters and they we were chatting about it a couple weeks later and like we were talking about like how it's vegan whatever and this guy was like no 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 i i ate there a couple weeks ago it's not vegan mm-hmm. and we were like yeah yeah it is vegan <laughs> and he was like guys you're idiots i ate a schnitzel yeah. and we were like you ate a vegan schnitzel. <laughs> yes he literally yes. went and ate it and had no I love that. idea that's my ultimate compliment yeah when a meat eater that. can't tell yeah uh, do you know because he's like now i think about it i yeah, and we're like, nah, 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 you didn't, you know. didn't know. You didn't know. And sometimes we actually get in a bit of grief for that. And, you know, I've had people get quite um, aggressive with me uh, when they've found out they're eating vegan food. Really? Think, you know, especially. Like they get God annoyed. forbid they should be eating right? vegetables. Exactly. When what? I had like a, you tricked them or something. Like I tricked them. Yeah. Um, or they feel, it, it was mostly like when I had um, a food truck at the People's Market, there was this group of dudes that sort of came up and they were pretty rowy do you know yeah and uh, i did a vegan pulled pork and they they sent one of their mates to come and get one i could sort of see what was happening um just from watching the situation but uh he he went away he ate it he came back he's like that's the best fucking pulled pork sandwich i've ever had and his mates all started laughing uh-huh. and, and then he felt like we were taking oh. a piss and, and then he got really in my face about it. Um, so oh. that can also, it can go both ways. Yeah, mm. uh, that's super you know. interesting. God, God, yeah, like you said, God forbid you'd eat something that doesn't contain flesh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. Like how could people possibly be angry about that? Yeah. And then how do you kind of deal with that when that happens? I just tell people to get out really. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't, we don't. We don't excuse any of that kind of behaviour, especially at the restaurant in the deli with the staff. If anyone tries to get their back up. Well, for, firstly... You can tell by the tables, like anyone that tries to, to start bringing any of this up, the table just all starts shrinking, you know, and they're embarrassed and, and it is stupid, you know. Yeah. And, um, they'll all come around eventually. Yeah, like it's just food at the end of the day. Was like it it's young? Fu- it's funny yeah. that you talk about it because it's like it's – it's such like a lighthearted thing and it's I don't so understand stupid. how it could ex- escalate to and that level. And you, if I could give you something, and this is in, in my mind what's going to turn um, veganism into a completely mainstream thing and reduce meat consumption almost completely is the minute that we can make something vegan that tastes exactly the same as meat um, is as good for you and cheaper, mm. why would you not? Yeah. Why yeah. would you eat something that was alive if you literally could eat something that was plant-based and couldn't tell the difference? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and I don't even think people come to your restaurants because, you know, it is vegan. It's because mm-hmm. it's like genuinely some of the most delicious it's food young. that you can get in yeah. Melbourne. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you've got, if you can offer people that and it's vegan. Why would then you? Exactly. Yeah. Like, why aren't they You're going You're actually just route? being an asshole if you... 
don't. Like, if you're yeah. like, I could have it and it's just the same, but I'm not going to anywhere. I'd rather eat the pig. Yeah, like, yeah, it's exactly. It's just stupid. Yeah, know? get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do have kind of like a very colourful past and like the more we were reading about you, the more we were just like jaw-dropping, so fascinated by you. So you, so in addition to being a chef, you kind of have this whole like musical past, which mm-hmm. is where you came from and it was – some kind of like rock. I'm going to like do not do it justice if I like even try uh, to I'm gonna describe s- it. I'm going to say you were a classical violinist and a oh. bassist in a gothic industrial metal band called Voltaire. Oh my God. The research <laughs> on these ladies is so refreshing. Yeah, that's correct. Actually, I started playing violin when I was four. And then a few bands, all, you know, leading up all through high school, basically just smashing pumpkins, rip-off bands, you know. Mm-hmm. And then with Volterra and then um, with that band, I... 2006 I married um I got married and he was a professional skateboarder and he was one of the characters in the Tony Hawk games oh cool so, yeah, what do so you mean he was one of the characters like one of the skateboarders that you could choose to play oh that's awesome that you could choose to be yeah <gasps> cool yeah 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 <laughs> that's amazing so he um, and what a life achievement is that to be on a game? Yeah. I know. Hopefully like they have a cooking a, game yeah, soon. Totally. <laughs> Maybe like the MasterChef game. I reckon. Something. Throwing pans and stuff instead of using guns. Yeah. yeah that's good. Um, so he he used our band's music as the music that played in the background when you played his character. And through that, um, we got put on the Vans Warped Tour in America. And we played, I think it was like 13 states. And we got to jump on the Vulcan tour bus and, you know, sleep in those tiny little coffin beds on the tour buses and play from state to state and even I even cooked there because like you play for 45 minutes a day but then that's sort of it and a lot of these locations were just in the middle of nowhere so you couldn't really leave the venue you know like big day outs and things like that yeah so um I decided to work for free for the caterers because I just missed cooking a lot okay because that's what I was like interested in like when you were like full-blown music was was chefing like a total not a thing or were you still interested in that the whole time that's sort of how I decided to focus on cooking because even though I was playing music the whole time cooking was always the thing that was the number one for me you know and I, I spoke to my mother one day and I was talking to her about exactly this like which one am I going to do and you know I'm still in my early 20s I can still you know focus on one and she said what's the first thing that you think of when you're waking up and what's the last thing you think about when you're going to bed and it was food and it wasn't music even though I was there playing on the walk tour so that was kind of for me how I was like all right this is going to be the one that's, that's a such great a, piece of advice. It is I know good, that's eh? such an easy test. So right. simple. I, it yeah. is so simple. People, yeah, cut the bullshit. Yeah, cut the bullshit. What are you that's thinking just, about? Actually, and yeah. it was that simple. Uh, you know, and and me, music had been around for me longer than food because you know, I've been playing since I was three or four. But just and it's still today. I get home after working for twelve hours and I cook dinner still and and I still write recipes. So I just it's just all consuming. Is music still a part of your life? I now? miss it so much. Yeah. Unfortunately, playing gigs and things is always on restaurants' busiest nights. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's a little bit hard. And you know, I'm, I would be that one asshole in the band that's always canceling rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I I do want to get back into it eventually, but um, it was just have to be the right time. But yeah. Well, it's pretty cool though that like you're not someone that's just like longing for something that you don't have it's not like once you started getting into food and cooking you were like thinking about music again it's cool that it was actually this thing that was just like drawing you in there's no choice yeah so when you kind of did realize that cooking was what you wanted to pursue how did that become vegan cooking was that when you were in that in the uh, restaurant in east brunswick yeah so i was getting asked for vegan dishes more often and it was actually just starting to get a bit of um Become a, it was becoming a hassle to come up with things on the spot. And because it was happening quite often, I decided to make this dish, which now I look back on and cringe. Um, but it was the vegan parma, right? And that's kind of the thing that started. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound full of myself, but the new wave of vegan food in Melbourne was this dish. And yeah. <clears throat> I, um, like I said, I knew nothing about So what about. was in it? Like what was the It was a piece of vegan chicken from an Asian grocer. So okay. I went down to Footscray just to try and figure out what was around, what was available, because you couldn't go to Coles and buy anything like this back then. Um, went to a place called Vincent's Vegetarian and they just, they only stock vegan substitutes. And it's just a whole shop full of freezers. So it's, you know, it's not the nicest of stores. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty ugly actually. But they have like vegan lobsters and they've got vegan beef tendons. They've literally oh God, cool. anything you could possibly imagine. it still exist now? It's still there, yeah. And ah. like so ahead of its time. Well, I mean, these mock meats have been around for hundreds of years. 
Yeah, uh, just like for religious, religious reasons, reasons and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, okay. so they've actually have been there. It's just the Westerners haven't gone and checked it out really yeah. until more recently, you know, but it's been there for a really long time. And um, I remember walking to the shop for the first time and seeing these vegan lobsters and being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then everything changed from there, you know? And, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I bought this chicken and being from um, an Asian grocer, everything does tend to have that flavor profile mm-hmm. so a lot of these products are very heavily spiced with five spice which makes no sense with the parma whatsoever yeah but you I had to go with it i just went with it you know yeah. and that's why what i mean by this thing is terrible now when i look <laughs> at it and i was asked to do it for a tv show and i refused because they were talking about iconic australian dishes and they asked me to make it and i said no i can't go back there and so they wouldn't put me on the show because i wouldn't do the dish <laughs> oh my god but isn't it funny <laughs> that everybody i think like everyone looks back at their first thing that they did and thinks it's terrible like when we look at our first shoes uh-huh. they're just oh, shocking they're totally embarrassed nasty. by them even actually, last season makes me nauseated yeah, every yeah. time we <laughs> create something new i'm like ew how did i think that was cool <laughs> it's the same with eyebrows yeah. <laughs> for sure so how did I do them like that in high school yeah, yeah like I where were they <laughs> so um I, I mean that palm is still getting made by someone that used to work for me all, all the way back then no way yeah I'm um, at a place called so the they should have gotten Arms. them on the tv show they should have yeah no. lived on yeah but I think that's the thing that like you don't you you can look back and think it was terrible mm-hmm. but it, it's what gave it you a start yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. the way that we eat now vegan food in Melbourne um to my career do you mm-hmm. know like it was um, like, like I said, looking back on it, it's so terrible. But if it wasn't for that one dish, like probably Smith and Daughters wouldn't exist. Yeah. So from that point, then how did – so I love that you were at the People's Market. So then mm. is it just like you were cooking there and then you did People's? How did that come in? Uh, no, there was a few spots in between. So after the East Brunswick Club, the person who was managing that opened a place called the Gasometer Hotel. Okay. And that was on Smith Street in Collingwood. And again, that was um, so. I came over. A lot of like the the main kids from the East Brunswick Club all moved over. I ran the kitchen, and it was again. It was another fifty fifty meat and vegan menu. Okay, but which was, I feel like is so common now in pubs. Like it's you kind of like have to over. as a food business in yeah. general. Do you know? Like you're just sort of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't. Yeah. Even in a business sense, do you know? Like even if you don't care about the ethics or anything like that. Um, but uh, the, the gasometer was really where the food sort of started becoming a little bit more elevated still compared to today nothing but you know like one of the dishes that I still have at the restaurant was developed there um so that you know was one of the Spanish mushrooms which is the recipe that I'll never give away and you know caused a riot when I took it off the menu for a while because I've been cooking it for 15 years um and at this point are you like you know are you are you a serious go-getter like do you have big hopes and dreams for this mm-hmm. or are you the kind of person that you were just like in this and loving what you were doing I'm I've always been full steam ahead for anything that I do really mm-hmm. um we couldn't tell <laughs> <laughs> um vegan food definitely was becoming a strong focus for me but um I think I was still sort of toying around with the fact of whether I wanted to go completely vegan because I sort of try to explain it to people as because I'm not vegan and I focus on vegan food it's almost like if you're a writer and you weren't allowed to use vowels mm. yeah you know like it's I, I can do so many things, but when you're making a dish and you know what it needs, but you can't use it because you're not allowed because it's not vegan. Yeah. That, that's, it's sort of, I wasn't sure whether I was ready to let go of being able to have the full spectrum of every ingredient under the sun to use. Yeah. And I guess when you aren't, like I am a writer. And so when I'm thinking about that, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, well, I guess you just have to force, be forced to be more creative. Totally. And that's what it is. Yeah. And that started becoming a really attractive part of it for me because mm-hmm. I do... I don't have ADD, but I'm, you know, I, those tendencies of just, I get bored very easily. I, I like to push, I'm fast, always busy, you know, and um, I can get sidetracked with things if they don't grab me straight away. Yeah. So the vegan thing was cool because, you know, it doesn't take a genius to have a good piece of meat and cook it and make it taste good, but try and make that same piece of meat out of gluten flour mm. or, yeah. or a pulse or something. And you really have to start getting creative and you, you don't learn this shit in school. You know, apprenticeships don't teach you how to make this stuff. Like there's one day on dietaries for an apprentice. Yeah. Like one day, which is, they really need to obviously 
amped that up a little that, bit because yeah. we've changed the way we eat. Uh, what star sign are you? Capricorn. Is that like very Capricorn, all of this stuff that you're describing about your personality? I actually don't really know much about that. Oh, I don't know about Capricorn Okay, either. this is funny because I was out for dinner with Capricorn last night and obviously because star signs are so hot right now. So we started chatting <laughs> about it, but I can't remember exactly what she was saying. And I sat there being like, I'm a Leo and I don't know anything about anyone else's star signs. And they were like, That's oh so my Leo. God, that is so Leo. <laughs> I actually was chatting to my friend who's a Capricorn um, on the weekend, Dean. So I feel like Dean is like what we can go off as a Capricorn because he was saying he's such a Capricorn. Yeah. And he is the biggest fucking go-getter. Like, really? He is 100% in on anything. He yeah, can make actually, anything happen. Yeah, actually now that happen. you mention uh-huh. that, you kind of remind me a bit of him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was supposed to be quite grounded people, which I guess I definitely am. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still sort of the mum of my business, but I'm just the frantic mum. Yeah. <laughs> really? Do you know? Fair um, enough. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. So then gasometer, then people's market. And that was the first time. That was at the point where uh, actually a friend of mine had a cafe called The Mercy Seat and Mo, enter Mo, um, she... Your business partner. <clears throat> yes, my ex-business business partner, partner. My then business partner. She um, was hired to run this thing called the People's Market, which was a giant outdoor market in Collingwood. And she approached my friend who had this cafe and he wasn't really ready to do something like that on his own. But I knew him through the Gasometer Hotel. So we sort of joined forces a little bit and him and I decided to do that together. And it was at that point where I was trying to decide, should I go vego and vegan um, or can I actually, can an all vegan business be sustainable? So because it was a relatively low risk situation because it was a restaurant and a shipping container, mm-hmm. um, we went all vegan and needless to say, it went off. And, you know, we had 40 minute lines like every day, just nonstop. And most of the food trucks in there, it was a mo- monthly rotation, but we were allowed to stay there the whole time. Cause, so good. Because Mo was vegan too and she wanted to make sure there was always a vegan option. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when we decided that we would be a good team and Mo and I would open up a restaurant together and I've been wanting to open up a restaurant forever. Um, but I'm not really, you know, doing the books and all that sort of stuff is not really my forte. Do you mm. know, I'm more the creative side. So I really needed someone that was going to be able to focus on the business part of the business more as well to help me out. Well, totally. That's so important to like have somebody that balances out your skill set. If you're just all creative and nothing else, then yeah, we, gonna we, we don't have anyone doing that in our business <laughs> right now. And, yeah. Um, as I say, it's struggle. so important. <laughs> it's so important. See, now I have an incredible accountant, which yeah, is very important. A, so well, they just yeah. tell me what I need to do now. Do yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, good. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a partner. Me. Yeah, exactly. No. You just have to get the right just people around Just an advisor almost, you know? Exactly. And like, and don't be stupid and think that you can do it all yourself. Like, it's not my strong point, so I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Hire someone that's really, really good at it. And as long as they can tell you, like, Shan, you need to drop your food costs by 5%. I can do that. But just tell yeah. me, you know, but figuring out those steps sometimes for me takes me a little longer. So if I just have someone telling me what I need to do, I can make all that stuff happen, you know. So Well, and it's a great personality trait to be able to recognize that and be like, yeah, no, what you're good I'm at, not what good at this. At. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Totally. Some people can't do that. Yeah, don't be yeah. that arrogant. It's only going to ruin your business. Yeah, yeah you well, know? and it's a hard thing as well. Starting your own business, I think we all try to be everything. So mm-hmm. that's like step one to realize what you're bad at. Exactly. Exactly. It's like AA for business. <laughs> so, um, but no, so I was just going to say, because I guess like 2013-ish, let's call it, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, at that point, like even when we were starting our footwear brand, like we were very um, like careful not to use the word vegan. Like we, mm-hmm. or, or we were like going with animal friendly. That was our thing. Because I feel like back then- It's a dirty word. It was a bit of a dirty word totally. still. Like, did you find that? Was that scary? Yeah, yeah. well, we never said vegan, really. We always said plant-based. Yeah, oh, isn't that okay. interesting? Yeah, we um, don't say the word vegan in the menu at all. Um, oh, you still don't? Um, I think it's still got bad connotations, really. Um, and it sounds a little bit more um, only targeted to vegans, whereas plant-based, a meat eater, I think um, it resonates with them a little bit more than vegan. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think plant-based is a, is a nice term that more people are coming mm. around to because it's like got that like... For everything. Yeah. It's for everyone, whereas vegan is for vegans maybe in some people's heads but um i i don't think we'll ever say vegan chicken 
on the menu. Yeah. You know, we had the health department sort of threaten us a little while ago with the fact that they might make us stop calling things. Oh, I love that you call things by just like the meat that they are. Well, what else am I going to call it? Yeah, exactly. Gluten blob. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and people ask me all the time and it's so irritating, you know, why, why do you have to call it that? I'm like, well, what, you tell me what I should call it. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and that's what people can relate it to. Like, oh, I know I'm eating a chicken schnitzel, not a veal schnitzel. You You know, like, you know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. You know what flavors it's going to be. Like if I say to you, salami you can taste it and 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 sort of feel it without even having to actually eat it like a pepperoni pizza you can you can yeah yeah. not like something that's pink and salty totally it's not appetizing nothing yeah yeah so you have to give someone a point of reference so when you know when the health department told me they were going to be looking at i'm not allowing people to use those terms um obviously that's meat and dairy industry coming right in there and trying to squash all this stuff because this is a pretty scary time for them i would say and they're all scrambling to figure out what the fuck to do yeah um but uh i I just sort of said to the person from the health department i'm like okay well then in that case magi two-minute chicken noodles you'll be taking the word chicken out of that pringles chicken chips you're taking the word chicken out of that too touche right so like until you get to that point Mm. where everything is going to be like crossed off and I'm not moving anything. Yeah, like what would chicken chips be called? Like green, yeah, salty, what, You sweet. can't describe See, you it. you can't describe it. Well, maybe they would need to have like the word mock in front of it or something like and that. And as if Pringles is ever going to say mock, mock chicken, chicken Pringles. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, disgusting. On. Nobody exactly. wants that. I Nobody don't wants that. mock anything. Exactly. Yeah. Like France has already banned the, the terms to be used with vegan products. It's already happened. Really? Yeah. They've well, banned... It's, like chicken i was saying like sausages vegan sausages no way it's already been banned mm. but um it hasn't he yet but i will kick up the biggest stink if i even try i mean yeah it's like it should be the opposite like it's a good thing if people wanted to eat chicken and then they ate mm. mock chicken like we should all be celebrating that. totally well, but, but meat I, industry is not celebrating that no yeah it's coming exactly. straight out of their pocket that's yeah. exactly what it comes down to mm. it's not about you you know it's nice to think that people care about the world and about people but ultimately what it comes down to is like they're the ones with influence because they pay the stuff. Correct. And this country runs off agriculture, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, the meat and dairy industry is a massive part of Australia as a country. And, and and we lose, if we lose that, then that it's quite a big impact as well. So yeah. there is a lot of people very nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rightly so, because this is something that's we're not coming going for away. You. Exactly. <laughs> this is not going anywhere. Yeah. Which is why now a lot of these mock meat companies are all starting to be owned by meat production companies. Yeah. You know, because it's like. With Beyond Meat. Yeah, it's like you can't beat them, join them, really. Yeah, well, and, that's and that's a good thing. Put your yeah, money exactly. towards that instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I guess it has to be a, a bit of a slow shift, unfortunately. It can't just be an overnight <laughs> because we need time for like all these industries to like shift and find a new way of being exactly. and eventually they will. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So once you did your little stints outside and you're, you were opening up Smith & Daughters, um, I mean, was it an overnight success? Because from the outside, yeah, it, it totally feels like that. Yeah, it ruined us from the start. <laughs> we tried to open for lunches too and that lasted one day and then we had to stop. Why? Because so, right, it's um, too busy. Too busy, yeah. And, and the restaurant's um, in a heritage-listed building. Uh, it's the oldest pub in Fitzroy actually. And we can't knock down walls or anything because of that. And so our kitchen is really small and our cool room is about the size of your couch. So it is ridiculously small. And, you know, on our average night, we're doing about 200 covers anyway. So we literally have to make the menu from scratch almost every day because we can't store enough food to make bigger batches of things. Whoa. So Can you not get like an off-site We don't have anywhere to put it. We don't even have anywhere to put our rubbish bins. They have to stay on the footpath. Oh, Which is one of the annoying things of being in, in, in an area like Fitzroy. Do you know there's not... Have you thought about moving or this is just like your Yeah, place? I would love to. Yeah. But that's a whole nother situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You know? And that's why the deli opened actually because the deli opened to support the restaurant but then the deli got bigger than the restaurant. Yeah. So we once again ruined ourselves by <laughs> not going into a big, a big enough location which, you know, I'm, I'm actually having... I'm, I'm changing the setup of the deli at the moment so that that will all be um a new experience soon oh cool well, well i would like to be able to sit at the deli <laughs> can i put in yeah. my request <laughs> because See, in, i still can't do that there's not enough room i need a new building yeah because in summer it's mm. fine and it's really nice because because we live in windsor yeah. um so like if i'm gonna come there it's uh-huh. fine because i get a sandwich and i'll sit outside yeah, like, like in a park in whatever yeah but winter in the, in the like gutter, in the rain? i just don't come i would <laughs> like to but like there's nowhere for me I know. to sit i know it's um you can come out the back and eat in the kitchen with us perfect it yeah. sounds like there's no room there uh yeah the kitchen's all right actually oh, okay. it's just the front uh, and it is a pain you know and that's why i'm changing 
the layout, there still won't be seatings. They're still not big enough. Yeah. I mean, I want to eventually do um, a whole different setup completely. I was looking at that little creatures building for a while and I wanted to have a huge Oh, that's a setup. great space. Yeah, almost like a cat's deli kind of situation. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So while I'm in this alone and um, without investors, so this is all personally financed and yeah. everything well um, if there are any investors listening <clears throat> want to get involved right <laughs> <laughs> well so from you know like the food truck where everybody was just like already lining up for uh-huh. you to smith and daughters to smith and deli to the two cookbooks you've had it just feels like everything you've touched has just totally turned to gold yeah, I'm pretty does lucky. it feel like that for you or does yeah. it feel like you just like found the right thing for you uh I feel like I've worked my ass off to make this happen the way it's happened. Mm. It hasn't just come just for nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's been a lot of, of thought and trialing and doubt. And I still think I've fluked it quite often, with even with the food that I make, do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't come without busting my ass for it. So I, I, I feel lucky that people have loved it so much, but it hasn't come at no cost, you know? Like I've totally. definitely... I didn't just win the jackpot and just score a lucky, you know, fortunate situation. Like yeah. 15 years, to, to focus on vegan food for that long, it was a bit of a leap, you know, and trying to change the way it's perceived. And, and now vegan food is in the mainstream media because of what we do so much more than it would have been before. You yeah. know, if you take Smith & Daughters out of the equation with vegan food in the Melbourne food scene, especially, like, we, we were never in the Good Food Month events and there was never vegan options in any of this shit now we're in all of it because of it and because we've gotten there and broken through now other vegan businesses are now getting that chance to come through and shine as well and i'm all for supporting vegan businesses opening up and everyone does something super different you know smith and daughters is different to everything else and you've got all these businesses opening that are all just building this epic sort of little vegan empire and no one's doing it better than Melbourne, in my opinion. Mm. And that's really cool to hear that you can like support other people doing yeah. it as well. And you're not like seeing them as a competition. No. You're all kind of building each other up and it's you great. all exist to- together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're all doing different things, you know, and there's room for all of us. And, and in so many of these restaurants are opening up. They're all my staff that have started with me years ago anyway. And so, you know, everyone's sort of branching out and doing their own things. And it's really great. And how I cook is different to how other people cook and vice versa. So we're all... You know, we, we need the we need the competition anyway. It makes you work harder. Yeah. Totally. You know, if it's just me and no one else, then I could get a bit lazy. Totally, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and you mentioned having doubts in there. Mm. How have you kind of like dealt with that? Like, uh, I just try and shove the thoughts to the back of my head. <laughs> Keep cooking. That sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, that feels like the kind of personality type mm-hmm. that you are, that you are just like, I keep mm-hmm. moving forward. forward. Yeah. And if you run away from the thoughts fast enough, eventually they quiet and down. <laughs> <laughs> They'll always be there, you know. Um, and I, I never had chef mentors growing up in, in a traditional style of sort of an apprenticeship. So I don't really have anyone to ask questions to or, or lean on for advice with vegan food because – yeah, you're I paving the myself. way. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I, I've missed out a little bit on that, whereas a lot of other chefs, you know, they came under other people and, and they have them as a support network. So if I can't figure things out, sometimes it gets a bit overwhelming because I don't have anyone to help me. Yeah. But that's okay. Then we always get there in the end. And then when I do, it's like extra victorious. Well, so- and do you feel like that you are like are kind of like able to offer that onto people now like yeah. you know i saw you posted a photo on instagram the other day that was like support your like chef girl gang away yeah or, yeah so, like are you a lot of women chefs in yeah. the kitchen at we were all female for a while the really? only men in the kitchen with the dishes that's yeah. so cool because it's like i have friends that are chefs and it just sounds like the most male dominated yeah. like sexual uh-huh. gross place to it work was, for it a was. female it's not really anymore yeah um, i have some horror stories i've like, got some I horror stories for you too. It. but it's changed do you know and um and i get asked this all the time and it's actually starting to become a bit of a redundant conversation for me just because it has changed a lot in the last few years it was really shit mm. and granted you know i've had my ass slapped and been you know yelled at really badly and and, and humiliated because I've been a female in an all-male kitchen, but that was a long time ago and it's changed. And, you know, I've, I haven't walked into a kitchen. I actually, I did an event in Sydney a little while ago where all the cleaning equipment was in a tub labeled housewife. <gasps> what? Which was pretty shocking. That's terrible. Yeah, pretty shocking. So it's still there. Yeah. But 
not in my kitchen and not in my friends' kitchens. Do you know, yeah. like we don't run those sort of ships anymore, and mm-hmm. you can't. Um, and and people kitchens like mine um i focus now more on even though a lot of my my chef actually now i've got more men in my kitchen than i ever have before just just because not for any other reason um but i find the best way to move forward is to train the men that are in my kitchen how to run these cohesive equal kitchens so when they move on if Mm. they happen to be in a kitchen where there's some dick male chef in there he can bring what he's learned from Smith and Daughters into there and try and sort of fix that situation a little bit. Yeah, Because awesome. the women in my kitchen will always feel secure and safe and supported. And, you know, if anyone fucks with us, then they're out straight away. Do you know? Yeah. Like, there is no time for bullshit or misogyny or any of that bro stuff. Do you know? We don't do that. And mm-hmm. the minute that comes to the surface, they're out. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think, um, you know, like we do a lot with like, you know, inspiring women and getting groups of women, to- women together and, and women building each other up, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, has been happening more and more over the last mm-hmm. kind of like five or ten years. But I think what you just said about now, like bringing men into that and you teaching men how to exist in this way totally. is not a really important part of it. Yeah, and not forgetting that there are some incredible men out there mm-hmm. that are on outside anyway. Do you For know? 100%. Sure. Um, my partner, he is... Um, one of the biggest advocates and a very vocal advocate for for women's rights and equality and all that and he he it's actually quite interesting that because it still isn't equal no matter how much everyone seems to think it is mm. or wants to say it is he's he's got a very loud voice in terms of people paying attention to what he says in the public so when he makes a stance against say an awards where not one woman was nominated people really listen to him yeah. whereas i find still when i say certain things i can be taken as a nagging bitch yeah but we when a man you. comes up and talks about it then mm-hmm. people really start taking notice because like well it must be a thing if a dude thinks it's wrong totally. well and yeah. if that's what it takes for other men who think like that to change their opinion then, then great so we it. need those so men we, we need these men and there are plenty and you know i've got some incredible men in my life who are super supportive and you know when they're going somewhere they bring me with them just to make sure that you know it's equal and it's fair so yeah. i'm in no means saying that you know like Men are shit. Men, like I'm not saying that. You well, know, it's there funny. are more positives than negative men in my life. That's for sure. We also don't say that, but then we have someone who works with us, Joel, who's obviously a guy, Joel. Um, but he is always like, "I'm the first to say that men are shit," and so mm-hmm. like we just like sit back and we're and like, "Okay, Joel, like it. you can say that. Like we'll <laughs> let you." Yeah. But, but yeah, we can't. Yeah, because it's not really it's not move, moving forward in a positive way if you're just bitching about it the whole time like because there are so many positives and so many positive men out there so we need to sort of find them yeah and, and bring them in celebrate them and celebrate them too because you know just being negative isn't helping anybody yeah 100 sure. percent. Yeah. um so we wanted to ask you about something that happened to you recently which <laughs> is the coolest thing to have ever happened to anyone which is you cooked Billie Eilish (laughs) so I was out for dinner last night and I told my friends that I was coming here with you and and one of them's vegan and I just thought they would have a zillion questions and one of them was just like wait you have to ask about Billie Eilish and I was like oh yeah it's on there don't worry (laughs) the embarrassing thing about that is I didn't know who Billie Eilish was when I was on the way to cook for her no but now you know and love all her songs right she's incredible she's amazing I can't believe I I, maybe because I don't listen to the radio or anything like that I only listen to the music I put on through Spotify yeah. she's come up really quickly to be fair like she was big last year but then as of January this year when she released her album yeah. now she's Massive. like the biggest yeah. thing well, I her last quick. year too and didn't even know it like, oh, no, no way yeah but I didn't I, I honestly I so it could have been she... a dude for all I knew do you <laughs> know what I mean like and so I put it on the car just so I didn't look like an idiot in case I was asked something. I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Ah. She is incredible. This young powerhouse of a, of, of a woman is just incredible. And her music is sick. And, and I can't like her vibe and her style is like very you as well. Like I feel like you guys would get along. Yeah, yeah like was, how did she find you? Um, I actually don't know. Someone ah. just called me up to cook for her. So is she vegan? Yeah, her whole family's vegan. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they sound like such a cool family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Well, her brother... Yeah, yeah. Like brother work together. Yeah, they work together, and he's the support act for her. So um, I just went. 
uh, luckily she liked Italian food, so I just bought a bunch of stuff from the restaurant. But um, she told me that I had cooked for her the year before. I actually didn't realise. And she was like, you're the one that cooked backstage for Laneway last year, right? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh, I thought so. I was there. I was like, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. So, wait, Billie Eilish remembered you and yeah. you didn't remember <laughs> Billie Eilish. <laughs> that is amazing. It's so good. It's good. So, um, and she was lovely. I mean, she's... Uh, just a rad 17 year old yeah she just seems like a cool chick yeah and she's just a teenager do you know she's not she's not this bougie and you know she's not trying to be older than she is she's just a fun rad chick yeah so Um, cool so hoping to be able to cook for her again soon so we could do you have many opportunities like that come up where like people call you and be like this person's in Mm. town they want you that's the pro of being the vegan guy in Melbourne really. Yeah. Totally. You're like the only I'm option. The one that they come to. <laughs> Someone if demands vegan. To. Yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah, we've had heaps we cook for Morrissey and no effects and Hilary Duff came in once, not that I know what she does at all. I oh my god, we kidding. know everything that she does. Oh, She's well, on this T V show that we love called Younger. Oh really? <laughs> well she doesn't tip. So there. <laughs> uh, so we, we generally get that, you know, my, the one that I that got away was uh, Rob Zombie came out um, and he's one of my favourites of all time. And he came a week before the restaurant opened, so I couldn't cook for him. And I was devastated. So, so do a lot of them come to the restaurant? Yeah. Or you cook for them? Both. Okay. So either we'll bring food backstage or they'll come to the restaurant. I guess it just depends on the person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, I had Marco Pierre White in a few weeks ago, which um, I was shitting myself over. I mean, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I... I I see him more as a friend now anyway because, you know, um, we've spent quite a bit of time together and I've stayed at his house in England and things like this. But when you have someone like him who's notorious for what he's notorious for, you know, being pretty vocal about whether something's shit or not mm-hmm. and it's the first time he's ever been into a vegan restaurant and, you know, he's old school in terms of the food that he makes. Vegan food is not on that list. Yeah. So, he, he didn't Did he say a it? lot, which was oh. all I could ask for. Oh. <laughs> uh, he wasn't yelling at he you wasn't that you'd him fake meat. He didn't flush so. anything down the toilet. Um, so that the you know of. That I know of. No, I watched. <laughs> um, so so that, that was probably what I was most nervous about, actually. Um, I guess only because he was a chef. And yeah, fair. That can be a little a bit scary. Yeah, do you know, I don't really care if Hilary Duff likes my food or not, but I definitely care if Marco Pierre White thinks I'm shit or not. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you mentioned Italian food. So mm-hmm. now you guys are doing this epic Italian food, mm-hmm. but it's not where you started. No. And I was super interested in that because um, I remember coming before and the food was actually really different. A Latin. Latin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We were discussing it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why did that change come about? Um, and were you scared to like take that leap? No, because I get bored. Again, I was, I was bored. Okay, well, don't take the Italian away this time. Though. Yeah, people have been oh, told it's that. Because so <laughs> Italian's one that when you don't eat meat, you just like miss like, you know, spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, hearty lasagnas, like the, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Exactly. Totally. Meatballs. I mean, the idea behind Italian was no one hates Italian. No. no, no one ever has said I hate spaghetti bolognese. Like well, ever, I'm sure that has never been said. Besides, right now when I just said it, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like when you say like you know if I could like eat my one because if I had to eat one cuisine every, every day, day, like Italian, Italian such an easy absolutely. one. Like I always yeah. say that question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like there's good variation, like pizza, pasta, and you can go mm. spicy or mild. Yeah. You can go fresh or you can go heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it's good there's for summer range. and winter. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Where a lot of cuisines definitely when it's really hot you don't want to eat you know certain things so yeah I yeah I agree with you on that one and uh, I mean the Latin thing was because uh, my family well my father's side of the family is Spanish and he came here in, in his teens so I grew up with Spanish food and then I lived in the states on and off for eight years as well and so living in LA I guess you've you guys have lived in LA yeah too, right? yeah so the Mexican food there mm-hmm. it becomes a quite a big part of your diet as well yeah. so you know, I got influenced a lot by that with my time over there. Obviously not influenced by Mexican food in Australia because that's just there totally embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. But over there I did. So bringing those sort of things here and there weren't really any vegan options for Mexican food at the time. Well, not good ones anyway. Um, so, but I just got a bit bored of using cumin and smoked paprika every day, I guess. So I wanted to, I wanted a new ingredient profile. So we went Italian and then all of a sudden, everyone in Australia is doing Italian food, which is a little bit crazy now. Like it's are we, they? We love yeah. to go in waves. Yeah, like I yeah. feel like the pizza is like the pizza. the biggest thing ever here. Oh, I love pizza. Yeah, I'm down for I could it to eat be pizza every day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. pizza's so good. Yeah. 
So um, I w- wish we could do pizza, but I don't have any space for a wood fire oven. So we're just going to ah. leave that to well, other people. Some of the things that you do at Smith & Deli just like sound incredible. I was like salivating over Instagram the other day, like red velvet cake mm-hmm. and like Reuben sandwiches mm-hmm. and like mac and cheese bacon sandwiches. I've never yep. eaten bacon. So like fake bacon is all I get. Yep. And I love it. It's good. <laughs> it's so it, good. All you want is like fatty and smoky and salty. Salty. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. really matter what, how it comes as long as you get those three things. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, the deli is fun. The deli is where I spend most of my time now too because it doesn't have a set menu and so it's kind of like a little lab. Oh, and, cool. But now I have an incredible team behind me. It's the first time really that both businesses I can walk away from and my team have just fucking got it on lockdown, you know? And That's amazing. Um, yeah, incredible head chef. His name's Josh and he used to be the sous chef of Icebergs in Sydney. Oh, cool. Ah. And he went vegan and they moved to Melbourne and so grabbed him up as soon as possible and so he's sort of taken the lead at the restaurant and he makes sure that when I'm not there everything is just spot on um and then my team at the deli are just so epic and my pastry girl Elle who is just you haven't met anyone like her she's, oh the croissants she they is look stupid insane. you know and like I can basically tell her what I want and we have um obviously a big folder of base recipes you know that we opened up with and she's just taken those now and just gone crazy and there's no rules at the deli and I let them do whatever the hell they want and they know that it's fine until I get a call from me telling them to um, pull it off the shelves because they've gone too far Uh, like that mac and cheese sandwich you know I was telling them not to do that for a long time because I don't want because, of course, that went viral. That yeah. Oh, my God. Because it looked ridiculous. Yeah, so see, what don't you want about virality? <laughs> I do, but I'm just not over a mac and cheese sandwich, you know? Like, Yum. Why is oh, that? Because it's, it's not nutritional It's just all. a shit. That's not what I eat. Yeah. It's yeah. not what I want to be known for. Do you know? I don't yeah. want our business. Like, there's enough of that shit, you know? And vegan food really tends to gravitate towards that sort of food. Yeah. Like, fake fried chicken, burgers, all. Uh, it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pay that. And, like, I respect that mm. because, yeah, if you're getting a lot of attention for something, it can be hard to, like, put your foot down and be like, no, that's not actually yeah. what I want. Well, it's like, you know, I know that if I took my top off on Instagram, I'd get a whole lot of likes, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Know? Yeah. Um, mac and cheese is the exactly easy way, like you taking Mac and cheese off. is the tits <laughs> of the food world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't get a good mac and cheese sandwich in Australia. Good. You shouldn't. No, like, I'm always seeing, uh, like, people's Instagrams in New York when they have these like crazy mac and cheese sandwiches i'm like i yeah, want but, that but, yeah but the people that are eating those mac and cheese sandwiches you don't want to look like that <laughs> <laughs> they're not healthy <laughs> yeah yeah i pay that yeah um so one last little question what do you attribute your success to you mentioned hard work before do you feel like that's really what it is yeah and my mother for sure she um you know i guess when you grow up with a single parent and you watch them bust their ass how could you not follow in their lead you know like it's just when when my parents got divorced she got as many jobs as it took to pay the bills sold jewelry to buy me a violin do you know like if i don't know how i couldn't become who i am because of her you know and she just yesterday um had her last bout of chemo for the second time now and she's still and you know and she just looks incredible and she's still killing it and we still have to tell her to like stop doing the gardening when she's radiating with chemotherapy you know because <laughs> um, she's just an absolute machine so um smith and daughters and smith and deli and me as the person i am today would be nothing without her so mm. everything i love moms oh and my I god love that. oh my god sounds incredible. Magic. she's just the best you know and she they've got like nine harley davidsons and she's just the most epic rad. she has nine harley davidsons yeah does she also dye her hair colors not these colors but she does she used to be a fashion designer actually and she was the first woman to design men's suiting for women in the 80s Wow. So the big double-breasted, huge shoulder pads, very Barbara Streisand, so that cool. kind of vibe, you know, and, and she was quite prolific in the fashion industry in Australia for quite a while and then she became a fashion agent and we used to go to New Zealand Fashion Week together and she used to go to New York Fashion Week and do a lot of buying. So she's just the absolute coolest. Is so that's just, where you got it. Is she just mm-hmm. like so proud of you? Yeah, like, she is. Is she like <laughs> That's the why most I do chuffed? this, you know. I really, I, I just want to be successful so I can pay it back yeah you know, really like you know if i ever made that first million like that first million's gone to my mom yeah. <laughs> you know that's paying awesome. off her house or it's 
taking her on a huge holiday or something yeah you know? like that's that's why i want to do this really that's yeah, really that's cool so to nice. hear mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. well awesome. it has just been so incredible chatting with you so Thanks. cool we've talked about having you on the podcast for a while because i just think that your story is so cool and not enough people know about it so i'm excited that we get to just like spread the word thank you so we Thanks do for having me. no worries uh-huh. we do always wrap up on some quick fires Go on. so we do have a few little quick last questions for you mm-hmm. number one what's your favorite meal um Szechuan hot pot noodle hot so pot. random mm. Jess really wanted you to say steak there like she just <laughs> thought that would I put that there so you to make a way for uh, you to be able to say <laughs> <steak>. <laughs> It's not vegan. Is though. it vegan? No. <laughs> it can be. I've, I've, there's a vegan one on my Instagram page. Okay. Mm. Uh, how many times have you dyed your hair? Every four weeks since I was 15. Whoa. I'm I 37 think... now. Okay. You do the math. Yeah, you do the math. Is it always the same color? Does it it's change? been blue. Well, I just dyed the front black because it started falling out a bit. So I'm giving it mm. a bit of a break. But it's always been, even in my, my learner's permit license, my hair was the same color as it is now. It's always been oh. like aqua. Oh, oh cool. Green, you got blue. like a signature. Yeah. I think I've dyed my hair four times in my life. God, that's why it looks so good though. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it stays thick. Yeah. Um, next question. What do you do for fun? Uh, this is going to be so lame. I cook. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was oh, yeah. the I have dinner parties at my house. Yeah, oh, okay. fun. You know, being able to cook without a timer on and, yeah. and just be able to make the most of it. I go out to markets in the morning. I, actually, sometimes I do go south side. I like going to South Melbourne Market. Oh, oh cool. yeah, it's And good. Clay Pots is there on the corner. And I love I sort mean, of... I mean, it's just south side. It's just it's south. It's barely yeah. south. But it's, it's still it's across like water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love going there, um, doing one lap and then going to Clay Pots, having a glass of like Prosecco or something, having a snack, getting a little bit of a buzz on and then <laughs> buying way more food than I need to. <laughs> and then inviting people around and then just cooking and eating and getting... Yeah, well, that's so fun. No one's ever saying no to that invitation no. as well. They're exactly. like, oh, yeah. she's calling. It's oh, time. No, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> she's been to Clayford. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could open Smith & Daughters anywhere in the world, where would it be? New York. Oh, mm. cool. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that's my goal. Um, well, we kind of talked about this, but oh, well, I'll ask it anyway. Most famous person who's ever eaten at Smith & Daughters? Um, I'd say right now probably Billie Eilish. We're talking about the most famous one. Yeah, now. cool. I paid that. She's she's, she's on the cover of Vogue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So I think currently she'd probably be number yeah. one. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Awesome. It's been so much fun. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. How awesome was that interview? Shannon honestly just has the best energy when I was listening back to it I was literally laughing the entire time I want to say she has Capricorn energy even though we still don't know what that means at all but we're gonna have to go look it up (laughs) I thought it was super cool and like a valuable lesson that even though she has so many awesome ideas that you know when it comes down to it she still just attributes her success to super hard work which is something we can all do I do it all the time. So do you. So if you did like this episode, there are a few things that you can do to help us out and spread the word on how to live the podcast, which we would just love, love, love your help with. So you can share the episode with a friend who you think might love to hear it. You can also leave us a review on the podcast app. And as always, please DM us on Insta to tell us what you thought and share any pics of you listening to this episode. Next week on the podcast, we have the absolutely incredible author, presenter, political commentator and all-round epic chick, Jamila Rizvi. Um, We, of course, chatted to her about feminism, our favorite topic, but also where men fit into it, which was really interesting and how we can all be shifting the little biases we hold without even knowing it. Here's a little clip. If you imagine that you're working in an organization and you're looking to the top and you're thinking one day... I want to be in that boardroom. I want to be one of the 12 people sitting around the boardroom table. And you look up to the top, there's 12 seats at that boardroom and two of them are women. You tend to focus on them. And in your head, you don't go, I want one of those 12 seats around the boardroom table. You go, I've got to get me one of those woman spots. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Hope you have an epic week. If you're in Melbourne, definitely go right now. Make a booking for Smith & Daughters. You won't regret it. And we will see you next Monday.